We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. I don't know about everyone listening, but after a long day of work, I just need to come home to a nice, refreshing tall boy to ease my stress. I actually just had three or four last night, if I'm being honest. No, not those tall boys. A refreshing tall can of liquid death was exactly what I needed. If you've noticed a new tall boy can in the water section that looks like a beer or an energy drink, it's actually liquid death, a mountain spring water from the Alps that comes in still, sparkling, or in three different flavors. Try the lime, trust me. Why is the water called liquid death, you ask? Well, because it will brutally murder your thirst and their infinitely recyclable tall boy cans are helping to bring death to plastic bottles. They also donate 10% of the profits from every can sold to help kill plastic pollution. There's just something special about grabbing an ice cold can of liquid death, hearing the pop when you open it, and quenching your thirst with the best tasting still or sparkling water on the market. I honestly could not go back to bottles even if I wanted to. As I mentioned, I can't recommend the Sparkling Lime Liquid Death enough. It has the perfect lime flavor to go with a crisp, refreshing finish. It's also the best water to mess with just about everyone you know, as they probably think you're chugging a beer in your car or a work meeting at about 9am. Seriously guys, check this product out. I've been absolutely loving it and I know you will too. Go get Liquid Death at your local Woodman's, 7-Eleven, Roundies, or Hy-Vee, or find a Liquid Death retailer near you with their store locator tool at liquiddeath.com slash packaday. That's liquiddeath.com slash packaday. Twenty minutes a day, three hundred sixty-five days a year. This is the Packaday Podcast. 
Welcome into the Wednesday edition of the Pack a Day podcast. I'm Steve Fredge, joined as always by Dusty Evely, Sarah Kelleher. Guys, the Packers did not make a trade. Raise your hand if you're surprised. I'm just, uh, gasp. Oh, this gasp. is video. Damn it. This one's not video. Sorry, I got confused. Last week was our video episode. Now there's nobody was raising their hands, just so you guys are all aware. Uh, no, not not shocked at all. But uh, before we get into the meat and potatoes of everything, Dusty, how you doing, bud? I'm doing good, man. Yeah, I mean, it was a odd day for sure. If you're following uh, Pulse of uh, Packers folks on Twitter, as I was kind of checking in on. But yeah, good day overall, man. I'm feeling I'm feeling great. Feeling great. How are you? Oh, you know, I'm I'm good. Doing good. Doing good. I'm, um, you know, the the Packers world imploded on Twitter and. Mm-hmm. Brian Gutekun should be fired, and the Packers are going to suck forever. And, you know, I, it's a normal Tuesday. It was a normal it's Tuesday. Yeah. <laughs> it was a normal Tuesday. Sarah, how are you doing? Yeah, about the same. Um, I woke up, expected the Packers not to trade at the deadline, and if they did, I thought they would trade for someone that just was not anyone that the Packers Twitter cared about, um, and then they would all freak out about that. But turns out they just didn't trade for anyone. So um, there you go. Not surprised, and here we are. People are mad. What else is new? <laughs> you know, they would have given up a conditional seventh-round draft pick for somebody, you know, like seventh on somebody's depth chart. I think that would have been the that would have been the move. <laughs> that would have been the move. But outside of the Packers not making moves, there was a lot of trade action going around the NFL today. So uh, we're just going to do some quick reacts to here. If you guys have a comment on it, that's cool. If not, don't worry. But Bradley Chubb going from the Broncos to the Dolphins. Uh, I believe that was probably for a first-round pick. And saw a crazy stat that the Dolphins turned the Trey Lance trade that they traded to the 49ers into Jalen Waddell, Tyreek Hill, and now Bradley Chubb for giving, up, for giving up the pick for Trey Lance. So, um, yeah, pretty, pretty crazy. Now, here's the big one we'll talk about probably for a little bit more in-depth than all the other ones, but Chase Claypool did, in fact, get traded and got traded to the Bears for a second-round pick. Sarah, how did you take that one? At first, I just saw it, and I said, really? Really? The Bears? Of all people? Come on. this Really? This is who Chase Claypool is going to go to. Then I saw some of the details come out You know, for a second-round pick. I... As soon as I saw that, I thought there's no way that the Packers wanted to offer a second-round pick or anywhere uh, above that. We know that they're very selective when it comes to things like that. Uh, But then there were rumors that the Packers also offered that too. I don't know how true that is. Um, In the end, do I think Chase Claypool is good? Sure. Do I think the Packers getting Chase Claypool would fix all their problems and change everything? No. So... It would have been a nice to have, not a must have. Um, but yeah, it'll be. I'm sure there'll be plenty of memes when the Packers and Bears play again in in a little bit. Yeah, I was kind of the same boat. Uh, I would have liked Claypool just because he's fast, and the Packers need speed. They need a man who can run fast straight down the field, basically. And Chase Claypool can certainly do that. And I think a second was too rich uh, if the Packers gave that up. I wouldn't have been too happy. I think I would have been able to make peace with it. Um, but I do like their certain humor. And like we think the, the even though your records are the same, the Bears are worse and will suck more. And we like that pick better. There's a certain humor in that that I appreciated. So, uh, yeah, didn't didn't really surprise me. that I mean, it sounded like they were kind of trying to get him. Obviously, if they, offer, if they offered a second, they would have. And I, I like Claypool fine. I don't think Claypool is going to, like you said, Claypool is not going to fix 
all of the problems that they currently have. He just makes some things a little easier. Um, so yeah, I don't know. Good for the Bears, I guess. I don't know. I'd like to see how he does over there. Uh, keeping it in the division, uh, TJ Hawkinson, tight end from the Lions, on the move to the Vikings. Uh, so some interdivision trading. And then it was also announced that Irv Smith Jr., the tight end for the Vikings, went on IR for the season. So, Dusty, what would you think of this one? I like Hawkinson. It is weird that that interdivision thing. Uh, obviously, we saw that with you know the, the Packers trading with them to get Christian Watson. But that was kind of the other way that the Vikings are willing to kind of trade to get those picks. It was weird just kind of see them acquire within division and the, and the Lions willing to do that. But Lions likely saw a tight end market. Like, we're not going to pay him, you know, the next big market. During for our next good team, he's likely not going to be around. And the Vikings, I mean, for all of their flaws, they're in first in the division. They're likely going to win the division unless things take a turn. And I don't fault them for going forward a bit. I think Hawkinson still has one year left plus a fifth year option, if I'm not mistaken. So they still got him under team control for a little bit longer. And he's a good tight end. I don't know that I would have given up what they gave up for him, but uh, yeah, I don't know. It's it's uh, good for the Lions for getting for getting that if they were not going to resign him. Um, and even if I do think the Vikings likely overpaid that, you know, based on where they're at right now and and trying to go for what they what they can with him, he's a good player and he makes them better. So uh, good good for everyone, I guess. It's just, it's always weird to see those in division trades though. Yeah, and uh, speaking of weird trades, Falcons traded Calvin Ridley, who is suspended for the entire year to the Jaguars for a second round pick next year. So Sarah, what did you think about that one? Yeah. If you asked me what was the most surprising trade uh, before the trade deadline, this would be my answer because, you know, there were guys like Chase Claypool that their names were floating around the last couple of weeks that, Hey, you know, this is a possibility. Teams are calling about certain players. I did not even think of Calvin Ridley because in my mind, you know, he hasn't played this year. He's not going to play the whole year. So I just, didn't put two and two together. And when I saw this, I w- was seriously stunned. So it is a bit weird, but, you know, the Jaguars, they're not as terrible as they've been in the past. They they picked up a few key pieces in the offseason. They had a couple of good draft picks. And if they feel like, you know, Ridley could be a weapon for Trevor Lawrence, and I'm sure they're willing to take the chance. But, yeah, they'll just have to wait a little bit before they can do that. Yeah, I saw I'm, – I'm assuming it was a satire uh, tweet, but – Somebody uh, somebody wrote that uh, a sports bet was placed two hours before Calvin Ridley was traded by the <laughs> handle not Calvin Ridley eighteen, <laughs> and uh, predicted that he was going to get traded to the Jaguars correctly. So, uh, <laughs> but I thought I got a good laugh out of that one. Next up, the Dolphins traded Chase Edmonds to the Broncos. Not too much there, but with Javante Williams going down, I'm assuming they want some depth behind. Uh, Oh, uh, the the dude for Melvin Gordon. That's who it is. Um, want some depth behind him. 49ers shipped out Jeff Wilson Jr. to the Dolphins, so they got uh, running back back. And then the bigger one, uh, the Colts traded Naheem Hines to the Bills. Dusty, what would you like? Do you think think about that one? I love Naheem Hines. Like I was really looking forward to him with Indy this year, just because he's such a good, not so much a running back, but like a like a good receiving back, like a very like think of Aaron Jones, but like a not as good of a runner. But he's very good in the receiving game. So I was looking forward to see how the Colts were going to do, kind of use him this year. They didn't really use him at all. Matt Ryan doesn't really like throwing to running backs typically too much. So uh, I'm excited to see what he does in Buffalo. You know, obviously that that 
makes them better. I think they're they're a better team with him and, and gives them another weapon on there. So I'm really, more than anything, that's the move. I'm really excited to see how that coaching staff uses him and how Josh Allen uses him because I think that could be uh, that could be a lot of fun. I'm really looking forward to, to, to that move there. So Naheem Heim goes to the Bills. The Bills then ship out Zach Moss back to the Colts. Sarah, did that uh, do anything for you or just kind of move on? No, it's like soul for a soul. You just swap it out there. <laughs> uh, so the Broncos had traded out Bradley Chubb. They traded with the Jets to get defensive lineman, edge rusher Jacob Martin to kind of replace him. Yeah, the rest of these are kind of no big deal. But the Chiefs sent uh, Rashad Fenton to the Falcons. I believe it was like a conditional seven, so nothing big there. Uh, Falcons traded uh, safety Dean... Marlowe to the Bills and Commanders traded William Jackson the third to the Steelers a cornerback. So, a lot of action, a lot of action. The Packers were not a part of it, but uh, to quote Brian Gutekunst, they were in every conversation. So everybody can you know be happy about that. So guys, um, let's talk Buffalo Bills. What did you guys think of the game, Sarah? We'll start with you. Honestly, I mean it sucked they lost, but. It was not as bad as I thought it was going to be. And if you listened to the podcast last week or watched the podcast last week, I asked for the Packers to just show that they cared a little bit. That was the one thing I was looking for. And I felt like they did that. Uh, There were moments where Aaron Rodgers looked a bit more accurate than he had been. The deep ball started to come to life a little bit. Aaron Jones got a bunch more carries. Um, And, you know, maybe if there's a play different here and there, the Tunyon touchdown getting called back being a notable one, it could have been a little closer. I was not expecting the Packers to win that game. You know, I don't think many people were if, you know, really anyone, but there were still some positives to take away. And I think if they can bring some of those pieces into this week, they have an opportunity to play a not very good Lions team, incorporate some of those pieces, build on them. And that could put them in a good place ahead of playing the Cowboys in a couple of weeks. So Sucked that they lost, but did see some things that were positives that I thought were missing the last few weeks. Yeah, I'm kind of in the same boat. I mean, I kind of I thought they were going to lose. <laughs> I picked them to lose pretty big uh, last week. Um, they obviously did not do that bad, but yeah, I'm, I'm kind of with Sarah. I mean, I was what I was looking for was are they basically are they trying new things? And I think what I was looking for last week when we recorded was. I just want a competent offense, man. Like just, just show me something that's consistent and competent. And they still had some hiccups. Uh, you know, there's still some guys, not ability to get off press some guys running the same routes and, and kind of screwing up the spacing. So some of those issues were still there, but the offense as a whole looked, even though they only put up 17, like you said, Sarah, there was the, that Tanyan, just a terrible penalty, just a real, real terrible penalty on that offensive pass interference call on Tanya, I thought. Um, but I, like they looked better. You know, Rogers a couple weeks ago was talking about maybe I need to extend plays a little more and there is much, you know, weeping and gnashing of teeth among uh, a lot of Packers folks. So he's going to revert back to Aaron Rodgers. Man, listen, it's hard to play within the confines of an offense if guys are running into each other. And so he's, I think what we saw some from this past week was he's not going to be running around every single play. I think his average time of throw was like 2.6 seconds or something. But if he sees something and he feels like he can kind of get a shot and he can move around a little bit, he's going to do, he's, he's going to take that. Uh, he, for the most part, he operated within the confines of the offense. And there were those times he went off schedule a little bit because he thought he could hit something. And that that's how you get something like the touchdown to Torrey. So overall, I thought the offense looked better. The run game was fun. I think DeGuara got the most snaps of, uh, of the year, 45% of offensive snaps he was on. 
They were doing some really fun stuff with him. So it was, I mean, overall, again, like I was not watching it for the Packers to win. I was watching it going, boy, I hope this isn't a blowout and I hope they do some fun stuff. And overall, the offense looked better and, and the, they did some fun stuff in the run game. So I'm kind of in the in the neighborhood of that was not a great game, but it was much better than I anticipated. And I think there's some, some positives to take going forward. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of a, like the Denny Green, they are who they thought we were, or we are who they thought that, whatever, you know, that is. Um, they, no, they weren't going to beat the Bills. They weren't going to – they played okay. They weren't great. And the defense wasn't great. Like, the offense wasn't great. Like, it's just not a good team right now. And to expect them to win, to expect them to go in and do something different than that was just lunacy. So, um yeah, it's it's they they ran the ball well. They you know got a couple of shot plays in with Torre, like a couple of promising things. But I don't feel any better. I really don't. I don't think that they're gonna magically this now. Now that they lost by ten to the Bills, are magically gonna turn this this season around and they're gonna go to get a wild card in the playoffs. Like no, I don't actually think that's what's gonna happen. It's uh, it was more promising and it wasn't as deflating to watch, but. Outside of that, it was just, I mean, it's another loss. It's four in a row in it. All it is is it sucks as a Packers fan. That's what I think it is. It sucks to be a Packers fan right now. Uh, Sarah, you got to watch McAfee this week. Let us know uh, how that went today. So breaking news on Pat McAfee. Aaron Rodgers has shaved. He's clean shaven. He popped up uh, on the video and had no facial hair and Pat McAfee's expression was absolutely priceless. He just stared at him like he was a ghost um, or that the wrong guest appeared on the screen and he just was going, it's gone. It's gone. You look so young. It's gone. Um, so who knows? Maybe that was bad mojo. And now the Packers will go on a win streak, you know, I'm not saying, but I'm saying, um, they talked a little bit about the Packers Halloween party that was on Monday night. As you, you know, if you've been following the Packers for a while, this is sort of an annual tradition for the team. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, he, he said he didn't go all out uh, with the costume like he did last year, but he was Jim from the office. Um, and the episode where, uh, Jim dresses up for Halloween and he doesn't wear an off or doesn't wear an outfit, but he just showed up his regular work clothes with a hello, my name is Dave sticker. And that's what Aaron Rodgers was. Um, you know, Pat McAfee asked if there was any hesitation to have the Halloween party since the season isn't going as expected or isn't, and you know, they're on a losing streak right now, but Rodgers says it's important, especially when the team isn't doing as well to still hang out and have fun together because that helps build relationships off the field. And hopefully that translates on, um, they, of course, talked about the game. Roger said there are no moral victories, and the main thing is just how they will continue to respond to adversity. Uh, they talked about the Tunyon touchdown with uh, offensive pass interference. Um, Rogers thought that was a questionable call, as you know, I'm sure anyone watching the game saw he let the refs know that too. Um, he thought that they were really just hand fighting and there should have been two calls um, and that they should have offset and that was how he viewed the situation, and the fact that there was only a flag on the Packers was what really kind of set him off. Uh, he mentioned that losing Christian Watson early really hurt them. Um, he said that the Packers had a lot planned for him in that game, um, so they had to obviously pivot once he went down, and you know, hopefully Christian Watson is okay. That was a scary hit, um, and hopefully he can recover quickly. That, that was really hard to watch, honestly. Um 
But he said the Packers need to get healthy. They need guys like Lazard and Watson, Jenkins, eventually Cobb back if they want to make a run. Um, So he's hoping that, as he's talked about before, players are continuing to have good habits during the week so that they can get better. Those that are healthy can stay healthy. Uh, He said he had a conversation with Samory about how he's too talented to be a healthy scratch every week. Uh, He said this was a couple weeks ago that he told him this and that if he puts in the work, he could see a good season for him. And he said since then, he's noticed that there's a change in just his approach, that he thought he's practicing really well, and obviously he made a great play. So he said he's really proud of him, and afterwards he told him, keep that ball, kid. You're going to want to hang on to that ball uh, after the touchdown and that he, he really likes what he's seen. So he feels good about that. He talked about Romeo Dobbs again, said he's an excellent kid, all the talent there, does the little things well, likes the way he goes about his business. They just need him to play confident and have that confidence on the field. And that's something that I'm sure will come with time. Um, the thing I really liked listening to him talk about was He said, you know, we've been here before. Obviously, there's the run the table, the relax here. Um, He said, you know, when you're in a rut, all you need is one. All it takes is one game to remind you who you are and what you're capable of. And once you do that, everybody in the building can sort of take a deep breath, relax, and go, okay, we reset, but now let's keep going. Um, And he believes that they have a really good opportunity to put that one game together this weekend against the Lions, a divisional opponent, and then ride the momentum and continue to try to do the things that they do well this weekend um, when they face the ca- a tough opponent in the Cowboys and others later this season. Uh, of course, they talked about the trade deadline. Roger said he has been engaged in convos with Goody, but he's not sure what's going to happen. You know, this was, of course, at 2 o'clock Eastern time, so the trade deadline was still open. I uh, said he wasn't surprised to hear that the Packers were in a conversation about Claypool. Um, and he made a joke, you know, I was hoping maybe we could break some news together on this pod or on this show. You know, that didn't happen, but uh, we can all dream. They talked about Jarier and Stefan Diggs and the exchange that they had coming out of the tunnel. And also just it seemed all night long on Sunday. They were absolutely trash talking. Um, and he said he just sees it as normal, especially with two great competitors like that. Um, and they talked a bit about some trash talk over the years, which if you're you know interested in some of those stories, definitely check it out. It continued to talk about how conversations have gone well with Matt LaFleur. It seems like even though this isn't the best season together, that their relationship is the best that it's been because they're spending more time together to talk about what they can do to improve the team and what's not working. Um, and he's always connecting and appreciating that relationship. Um Rodgers did say, you know, kind of to close here, that last week was the first week where he felt like the Packers truly practices a good and disciplined football team. He felt like the guys are doing the right things to prepare, that they came, they had the right mindset. And then, you know, we saw improvements in the game um, against the Bills this past weekend. So lots of great discussion about that, how he believes, you know, the team can continue to be better and have good practice habits inside and outside the building. Um, and then, of course, The book club was back. The next book in the Aaron Rodgers book club is The Sacred Mushroom and the Cross by John Allegro. And he said it is a book that explores the dogmas many of us grew up with. It tests some theories of the Bible um, based on interpretations from the author and other famous teachings. So he said it was a long book, so Pat McAfee probably won't be reading it. But 
that's the next one in the series. And that's McAfee from Tuesday. Awesome. Um, yeah, always some good stuff from there. We got a couple more news and noteworthy things to talk about. Uh, Packers have released running back Patrick Taylor and Kobe Jones. Um, no corresponding moves have been made, but there's hope or uh, rumblings that Kylan Hill could be coming back because if he's not back, um, I believe it's this. If he's not activated for this game, Dusty, is that right? That he would be on IR for the rest of the year. Yeah, I think he has to be put on the active roster, and if not, yeah, then it's not a season-ending IR at that point. Okay. So, yeah, we're kind of waiting to hear if that's the, the corresponding move to be made because clearly they didn't bring anybody in via trade, so they didn't need to have that roster spot open for that. Uh, but some really cool news that also broke today. Uh, found out that Jordy Nelson and Josh Sitton are going to be joining the Packers Hall of Fame next August. That's August 31st, 2023. So I think we're all aware of the Packer, the Packaday podcast member that will be at that ceremony. Uh, yeah, Jen, I'm sure will be there sporting an 87 Jersey and, uh, you know, trying to see if she can talk to Jordy, but, uh, really cool. Like some, some good guys and some high quality players for the Packers and definitely deserving to be in the Packers hall of fame. All right, guys, four losses in a row. The Packers are going to take on the lowly Detroit Lions. I can't really say lowly because the Packers are kind of in that discussion as well. Um, But we're going to break it down. Packers offense versus the Detroit Lions defense. And one thing that you're looking for. So, uh, Sarah, we'll start with you. Hello, friends. By now you've heard me talk about the new brand of water that looks like tall boys of beer, Liquid Death. This crisp, refreshing mountain spring water from the Alps that comes in still, sparkling, and three unique flavors is by far and away the best brand of water on the market. One of my favorite aspects of Liquid Death is that most water companies use plastic bottles, which is beyond terrible for the environment. Most of the plastic you throw into a recycling bin actually just gets sent to a landfill because it's not profitable to recycle. But aluminum is infinitely recyclable and profitable for recycling facilities, hence why Liquid Death uses aluminum cans. Most importantly, the water tastes great. I can't get enough of the lime sparkling water and my family has been drinking them nonstop. It's always fun seeing our sons get crazy looks as they are downing tall boys out in public as well. If you haven't tried Liquid Death yet, what are you waiting for? You can get Liquid Death at your local Target, Walmart, or 7-Eleven. Or find a Liquid Death retailer near you using their store locator at liquiddeath.com slash packaday. That's liquiddeath.com slash packaday. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? 
You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Let's just hope it's not five because, oh my gosh, <laughs> Packers lose to the Lions. The Lions defense is historically bad. I mean, they are not good. In fact, they're the worst in the league. They're giving up a total of 421.3 total offensive yards per game. So that's terrible. Not great at all. So I see this as an opportunity for the Packers to absolutely bounce back. Oh, forgot to mention too, the Lions fired their defensive backs coach and pass game coordinator, Aubrey Pleasant, on Monday. So I don't think, you know, he's the guy to blame for all the issues. Obviously, it comes down to execution and some of the players on the field too. But it's so bad that they already needed to make changes. Um, So as I alluded to when I was kind of leading into the Pat McAfee discussion and we were talking about our overall reactions to the Bills game, there were moments from the Packers offense where I said this could work. This looks like what everyone hoped for, especially from Aaron Rodgers. I had been, and as a lot of people had, you know, a little little disappointed with some things that we had seen, you know, didn't look like maybe he was as accurate or that he wasn't playing as well. Didn't look like, I know some people were on Twitter saying he's washed, he sucks. I don't think it got to that point, but I just think he was a little bit off. Um, But it seemed like late in the third quarter, into the fourth quarter, he looked much more comfortable than he has been. He was starting to look more mobile in the pocket, hitting some throws again. The deep ball was on, you know, two great touchdown passes. Um, I know that he also had the throw to Amari Rogers. It wasn't a touchdown pass, but it was a beautiful pass. It just looked a bit, bit more like the MVP Aaron Rodgers that we've seen the last two seasons. So I'm going to be looking at what Aaron Rodgers can do in this game. This is an opportunity for him to lead this offense, to take charge, to help them bounce back and snap this losing streak. And I really think that they can win pretty easily. I don't know if the score will totally reflect that, but I feel like the Packers can control the game um, and they have to look to Aaron Rodgers, who's really the leader of the offense, to make sure that that happens. Um, If Watson is back, that's an even better opportunity to get some creative plays going on offense. Um, Dusty mentioned it a little bit, you know, loved what I, I saw from Deguara and what they were doing there. So continue to have that creativity, continue to let Aaron Rodgers lead the way, you know, run the ball when you need to. But I'm really looking to him and what he can do to, to get this team back to life a little bit. I did want to mention, because you mentioned something about Christian Watson, I did want to mention something I really enjoyed this this week uh, was seeing Christian Watson's mom dunk on Packers quote-unquote fans uh, who were claiming like Christian Watson was soft or whatever. Like literally the dude just went out with a concussion. and like That was a really scary hit that he took like, head-on. No, no helmet-to-helmet flag for that one that the Packers got. But I enjoyed seeing a mom like, step up for her son and like, Talk some trash to some people that needed to, to have some trash talk to them. So good on her, and I hope she keeps doing it if she finds people that are, that are doing that because that's to me that's super ridiculous. Um, all right, one thing I'm looking for, I want to see a continuation of this past week, the emphasis on the run game, but I want to see Aaron Jones. Uh, 
even more. Like I feel that he needs to be the focal point of the offense moving forward for this season. Like he has to be number one. This is no longer Aaron Rodgers focused team. This is an Aaron Jones focused team. He needs to be the guy because he is the one that's just time and time and time again, moving the chains. He's making the impact plays. He's just, he's getting chunks after chunks after chunks. And right now, Aaron Rodgers doesn't have the weapons around him to, for whatever reason, to be effective. He doesn't trust them. They're not running the right the the right routes. Like it's it's a whole slew of reasons why it's not him that's going to be the fo- that Rogers is going to be the focus. So I want to see the continuation of Aaron Jones being a focal point. Um, I do, Dusty and I kind of argued back and forth a little bit beforehand. I don't see this as the the whole future of the Packers, but for this season, he's got to be the guy. He's going to be the guy that's going to lead you. And if he's leading you, then that's going to open up so much more of that passing game for Aaron Rodgers. So to me, I want to see I want to see Aaron Jones be the man this game and moving forward. And I'm looking for it's like run game, but not run game. It's um so a lot of digital ink has been spilled about the the Packers refusal to run into to heavy boxes, uh, which which is true to some extent. They don't like running into eight man boxes, and they had been calling they call a lot of RPO tags with their with their run game. And so you've got the option to throw or pass. And the way the Packers operate is they typically say they count the numbers and they say, "Do we have a numbers advantage on the outside? If we do, then we throw it. If if it's a heavy box, then then we throw it. If it's a light box, we run into it." Teams started keying on that a little more, especially without Devonte, because they don't have anyone that can kill them. So they'll kind of load up the boxes a little bit more get them to throw, basically coax the Packers into throwing that based on the pre-snap numbers. And then those plays have not been effective because then they just crash them. Uh, the Lions this year, I believe top 10 in the league at uh, at heavy boxes, eight-man boxes, top 10 in the league. <laughs> but they're also like seventh in the league, giving up explosive plays in the run game. So basically they're loading the box, but then they're also so bad against the run that teams are just like killing them with explosives, even though they're loading the box, uh, you know, top 10 in the league. So that kind of comes down to the Packers this past week. And I talked about this um, with, with Peter Bukowski yesterday. I think what the Packers did, I'm not done a, a final count on this past week yet. It seemed like they're calling more called runs without the RPO tag uh, this past week against the Bills. Just we're running this. We don't care what the look is. We're going to run this. And they had good success with it. The, the power game was working. Like I said, DeGuaro was looking good, kind of motion him in. It's kind of a kickout block. And, and what he did in the run game, what he gave them, I thought was was really impressive. So I'm curious to see what they do this week. Because if, if it holds, if the if the Lions hold how they've been, they're going to play a lot of cover one, but they're also going to load the box, a lot of eight-man boxes. What do the Packers do with that? Do they still attempt to run into that? Or do they throw out of that? Now, if you throw out of that, I think they could, just because it's the Lions, you can still gain something on that. But the Lions have shown you can run on them out of the eight-man box. I'm curious to see, based on what we saw this past week, how does the run game look? Are they going to go less RPO heavy and just say, we don't care if it's an eight-man box. We believe in our angles. We believe we can beat our guys with your guys and we can run into that. And how does that look? So I think that could be pretty telling uh, going forward uh, since this is this is a matchup that if you're going to run into a heavy box – the Lions are the, are the team to do it again. So um, that's, that's kind of what I'm looking at is what are the, what did the Packers do when faced with heavy boxes? All right, guys, everybody picked Buffalo last week. So we all scored a point for the score predictions. So Dusty and Sarah both with four correct. I'm still sitting with three. But it is score prediction time. Uh, being that I'm low man on the totem pole, I'll go first. 
I've got Green Bay 27, Detroit 21. Sarah, what are you thinking? I have Green Bay 31, Detroit 24. Yeah, I'm going I'll, I'm going Packers as well. Sorry, Steve. No room to gain ground this week. Uh, 27-13. I think, I think it could be a slog early on, but ultimately I just think the Lions, as they've shown, can't get out of their own way as the game goes along. So I'll go. I'll go with that and cross my fingers that, yeah, that they're not going to lose the Lions this weekend. Dusty, there is always room for me to gain when I correctly predict the score this week. We've been, <laughs> I like your optimism. How long have we been doing We've been doing this like three years. I don't think anyone's yeah. come within four no, points of that so No, far. never, never. I think I almost predicted the Packers score once. Not the opponent's score, just the Packers score. <laughs> You're still talking about it. Oh, yeah, that's <laughs> as close as I've got. I, I swear, I think I was like one point away. That's tremendous. <laughs> uh, all right, so we asked for some questions. Uh, there weren't a lot of questions this week, guys. I think everybody was just mad about the trade deadline, uh, so we didn't we didn't get a lot. Um, I will say I thoroughly and enjoyed. There was one guy, um, I believe. Is where is he from? Do we remember? Is he from Russia? Yeah, he's a, um, Rus- yeah, a Russian friend, and uh, he went off like he's done with the Packers. Uh, he's no longer going to listen, like wake up at 4 a.m. To, to watch the games and went on a rant. And, you know, if I had to wake up at 4 a.m. to watch football, I'd be pretty – I guess probably be pissed to have to watch Packers football right now. But um, so that was probably my favorite tweet uh, question. It wasn't even a question. It was just a rant about how the Packers suck. So <laughs> I think that was my favorite. But, Dusty, you got a couple um, – interesting ones before um so why don't you talk talk us through those first yeah we're not going to answer these this is going to run through we felt this gave uh, this would give you the listener um kind of <laughs> the the broad view of stuff we were seeing and just just reactions from from packers fans that we saw so we're just going to run through these real quick from our buddy matt pickett uh what do you take from the lack of a trade if goody tried why did he fail if he didn't try what does it tell you about his feelings in the state of the team all valid questions, Matt. Thank you. Um, from Lorenzo Orsini, why do the Packers insist on being so story boring and stuck in their ways? From uh, Based God, what do you think the Packers team and Packers Twitter would look like right now if we traded Rodgers at Denver for those assets and he was doing as bad as Russ? Um, from Tony's tweeting, I'm looking at one question. What the f***? And lastly, from Positive Pack 33, I'll end with this one. My only question is, do you guys think about Bubba Franks as often as I do? So there, there's your there's your roll through our questions. I mean, that's a good one to end with, especially because of the name, it. Pos- Positive Pack. And he still thinks about Bubba Franks. That's awesome. It's Bubba so Franks great. Was I, great. Bubba was great. Franks was the first Packers game I saw live. Uh, was in Cincinnati. It was the game that Favre threw five interceptions, and the guy ran out on the field at the last, like as Favre was getting ready to throw the 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 final pass of the game, and stole the ball out of Favre's hand and ran the other way and got tackled by a security guard. I was at that game. I saw Bubba <laughs> Franks catch a touchdown right in front of me in that corner of the end zone. Uh, so yeah, I, I will always have a soft spot for Bubba Franks. I love Bubba Franks. All right, so we did get a few questions that we're going to run through quick. But first one, Jacob Lewick, uh, he had a couple different options. The first one didn't come to fruition because he was asking about what we thought on the trade that the Packers made today. So, oops, didn't go through. So uh, we'll start with option B. Should the Packers have made a trade at the deadline? Sarah, what do you think? I'm going to get some heat from this about this, but no. Uh, just based on what I'm seeing now, 
the guys that were available, I mean, I talked about it with Chase Claypool a little bit. I think it would have been nice to have, but not sure it would have totally fixed everything with the current state of the Packers. I'd, I've, um, you know, this is not a hot take. It's just one that's, I guess, a little controversial right now. I've seen other people have the same one, but um, I feel like I'd, I'd prefer to just keep the draft picks for now and try to draft some key pieces in the future to fix some of the issues that the Packers are having and maybe, you know, look in the offseason next year to see if they can acquire a couple of veterans that um, then. But I don't think anything they did now is going to be a big game changer for them. Um, it <laughs> would have been objectively hilarious if they traded for Calvin Ridley. That's the only thing. Like just <laughs> the fact that they got a receiver, but no, he could not help them this year would have been just, Oh, I, it would have been tremendous. Uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm of the mind like that. They, they probably should have, but I don't know what those, those, the price tags were higher than, you know, certainly looked. I, I, uh, I'm kind of with you. I like the draft picks. I don't think one player fixes all this, but I also would have really liked to see Brandon Cooks and the skill set that he has uh, kind of bring into Green Bay. So that was the guy I had my eye on. I really wish they, they'd been able to make a run at him. They did not. Uh, so, yeah, I don't know. I'm not, not really that upset. But I, I just for the humor aspect, Calvin Ridley would have been just tremendous. Yeah, from what I read, the whole Brandon Cooks thing was – the the big takeaway was that he had like 18 mil guaranteed for next year. And that's the, that was a big, big thing that the Texans Texans would have had to eat a chunk of it. And then they weren't willing to do that. So, uh, so yeah, that's kind of where it, where it stood. Um, I'm of the mindset that no, they should not have made a trade. Like Sarah said, one addition would not really help this team all that much. Like, and if you are going to make an addition that is going to help this team, you're going to have to give up, Clearly, the Packers would have had to give up a first-round pick to give get Chase Claypool, and that's just not happening. Like, that's not the person you give up a first-round draft pick to get. So, they needed, and Dusty said too, they needed multiple people. They need multiple people to to help fix this team. And I forget where I heard it on the radio, but it was talking about how how winning is basically like band aids for football teams. And if you look at all these teams that are winning. They've got band-aids all over and these teams that are losing, you're ripping band-aids off and it's like bullet holes. Like there's bullet holes all over the body of that team. And it's just, that's what the Packers are right now. They have so many, so many holes that you're not going to fix that at the trade deadline. It just wasn't going to happen. So to me, I think it was better to sit pat, see if they can do anything. Maybe they'll make a run at OBJ when he gets healthy I mean, I know everybody's going to laugh and say he's going to, you know, Packers will be Packers will be in the mix for that one in the conversation, but he's going to end up going back to the Rams or going to the Bucks or something stupid like that, and everybody's going to get mad again. But honestly, like, I think this was a smarter decision. Um, calmer heads kind of prevailed, and you don't you don't throw away a second round pick for a guy that hasn't been producing as much as as he did his rookie year, but. Uh, Jacob did have one more question. Now that spooky season is over, when is the appropriate time to start Christmas music? Dusty, what do you think? Yeah, listen, dude. Um, I mean, I've, I'm very much on the record of, of there's no such thing as like, you, you don't feel shame about the things that you like. There's there's no such thing as, as, as feeling shame and that stuff. So if you want to listen to Christmas music in April, listen to Christmas music in April. If you want to listen to it during Halloween, listen to it during Halloween. 
Like, who cares? We've, we're still in the middle of a pandemic. Do what makes you happy. So uh, start it now. Start it now. I did see Mariah Carey had a had a tremendous video today, as she always does when it switches to November 1st, of her all dressed up, all spooky, and she's riding a bike, and there's bats everywhere. And then the calendar flips to November 1st, and her song kicks on, and she's dressed in Christmas gear. I know a lot of people live that way. If that's you, that's fine. If you want to do it in October, listen to Christmas in October. Who cares? Who cares? Do what makes you happy. I always love the Mariah Carey memes where it'll be like the last week of October and somebody tweets is like, oh, Mariah Carey is defrosting right now as we speak. Like she can't <laughs> wait. And I saw a TikTok the other day and it was like um, someone that was asleep and then they like rose up and the angels started singing. And it was like Michael Buble and Mariah Carey preparing to make millions every Christmas season or every holiday season um, for just making no me- new music. So um, I'm kind of a November 1st person. I didn't listen to any Christmas music um, yet this season, but I'm kind of like, hey, I think November 1st opens the door. And if you want to begin listening, then great. Um, after Thanksgiving and maybe even a little bit before, that's pretty much all I'm going to listen to because it's officially the holiday season. I'm decorating my apartment and putting the tree up, but I think November 1st kind of opens the door for that conversation. Yeah, I think that's fair. I mean, I've I told the guys beforehand, like I've got a Michael Buble Pandora station for just Christmas music. Cause that's like, if you want to listen to it, like in June, listen to it in June. Who cares? Like if somebody's going to come up and be like, you can't be listening to that. Like, yeah, it's on the F off. Like that's, you can listen to whatever damn music you want to. It doesn't matter. Um, for me, I think I probably, I'd try normally to wait probably till first snow maybe. So, and it's sometime it'll happen sometime in November, probably after Thanksgiving, but yeah, it's about, about the right time. I'd say, uh, Brian Hartstead love the last week's video podcast, the expression on your faces and the gestures during the show raised the level of entertainment. Any chance of making that a regular thing and a food question. If you couldn't have traditional Turkey on Thanksgiving, what would you opt for instead? Dusty, start with you. Yeah, the video thing, uh, that was Andy was out of town. We've kind of talked about, you know, doing that again at some point. I don't know, you know, if we will. That's certainly not going to be a regular thing, but glad you enjoyed it. Uh, we, had, we had fun. I mean, we see each other every week anyway, but glad you got to see uh, some of the facial expressions we make. Uh, so because it's always fun. Um, and traditional, what would I have for Thanksgiving? Uh, ham. Man, I'm, I'm, I'm team ham over turkey anyway on Thanksgiving. So I'm just, I'm just going to go that route. Yeah, and for me, I was going to say that as far as the video, that should be a dusty question because he's the one that has to edit and upload everything afterward. And Steve and I just get to show up and, and talk. So um, if he ever wants to do it again, I'd be glad to do it. But it was a lot of fun. Um, it was a bit different. You know, we, we'd have to keep it shorter than we usually do uh, just for the sake of uploading and making that process a bit easier. But we had a good time. So glad you enjoyed it. Um, and food, if I couldn't have traditional turkey, I think I would just go for a beef roast, like a nice roast beef or something that could just sit and simmer all day and be really tender. I'd enjoy that. And I think it would go well with the other side dishes that you usually have on Thanksgiving too. Yeah, I think you guys covered the video thing. It was a lot of fun, but 
if Dusty uh, doesn't want to have to worry about editing videos, <laughs> he already doesn't like editing video, editing the podcast as it is. So uh, adding the video component to it, I don't think he'd love that. So um, I'm always down if, if he ever wants to do it. We can figure out, maybe figure out a way of maybe doing like a live broadcast or something like that, but keeping it to the podcast so people really like it. Maybe something like that down the road. But uh, and. <laughs> I don't know. I got shredded for my first answer about what I would do instead of a traditional turkey. I said lasagna, and I thought it was a fine answer. I legitimately thought it was a fine answer. Like that'd be really good. Like a, a big lasagna, everybody could share it. And then both of them looked at me like I was nuts. Like, what are you talking about? Like, why would you say lasagna? Dusty had the most like innocent like lasagna. Really? It was a. Uh, so I, I don't know some sort of meat that apparently that is the answer that I have to have some yes. sort of meat. Um, yeah. Maybe something on the smoker, something like that. I could do, you know, that'd be a good replacement for a Turkey, but um, yeah, guys, that's kind of, that's kind of it. We didn't get too many questions, but uh, we understand everybody was big mad about the trade deadline. So you know, priorities, I get it. Uh, but we'll, uh, we'll close out with some final thoughts here. So Sarah, what do you got for us? Yeah, I don't have much except, you know, I understand people are angry, sad. The season hasn't gone as many of us expected. The Packers didn't make any big moves for the trade deadline. But just a reminder, it's still football season. So try to enjoy it while we can because in a few months we're already going to be saying, oh, we have, you know, four more months until the Packers are playing a real football game again. So that would be my final thought is, yes, it isn't the season that we all hoped and dreamt for, but it's still football season. So hopefully you can enjoy it best you can. Yeah, and for me, uh, I mean, a few things. So, so writing this week, I had uh, yesterday over on Packer Report, I wrote something on the, the Packers use of Pony Package, which something I was excited about coming into the year and then failed miserably. And they didn't run it a whole lot. I think five snaps this past week. But the best success that they've had with it so far uh, was this past week. And, and that was part of it was sprinkling into Guar. So I went over one concept there that I really, really liked and hoping to see more of that going forward. And then today on Cheesehead TV, I kind of take an overall look at the passing game against the Bills kind of dig into some some uh, numbers and some analytics stuff a little bit and then get into two completions of Dobbs. I get into the uh, touchdown and then the uh, there's a, a corner route that he kind of went up and went up and got uh, a little later in the game. So I, I dig into those a little bit, which was fun. Um, a couple other things, I guess, going on. We've got I was on uh, Lockdown Packers uh, on uh, Monday, I guess, or uh, Tuesday, sorry, with Peter Bukowski kind of talking about uh, maybe the direction of the offense a little bit, which was fun. Um, last week, I was on Last Call Lambo with uh, Sam and Aaron Alice and Monty Moore, uh, which was awesome. Just talking football with them was amazing. So that's over on the game. I was constant feed. Uh, that was a lot of fun. That was before this game. And so I think we were filled with some amount of optimism uh, that was then, you know, very struck down uh, during the game. But uh, that was a really fun episode. And then lastly, I guess I'll go into a speech. I've not had to give this for a while. Um, this this harkens back to my um, Pack to the Future days, my pre-Pack-A-Day podcast days. So shout out Brian Fonfaro, Jordan Peck, and John Jameson on this. If the season isn't going the way you like, and you're having a hard time watching the game. We've seen some rage. I understand that's true for some of you. The thing that I always I tend to go to is like try try to learn something or try to find something interesting or fun. Are you curious about how Zach Tom is doing? Just spend the game watching Zach Tom. Are you curious about inside linebacker play? Like some other stuff close to the line, you can see. Just try to find something 
that you're curious about that you're interested in and watch the game kind of through that lens. It's, it's kind of a, it's a different way to watch the game. And if you're kind of mad at the direction of the team and all of that, it's a way to kind of watch the game where you're not, not caught up too much in being mad about stuff and just kind of learning a little bit more about football. So, uh, you know, I'm not saying the season is lost. The NFC is bad. The Packers, if they fix their, their issues, I don't think they will, but if they will, they still have a chance to, you know, get into the wild card there. But you know, even if they're bad, Listen, a lot of teams are bad. A lot of fans watch bad football. So if you're trying to find a way to get through, just find something interesting to watch and just just maybe not turn off your emotions as part of fandom, but just find something interesting to watch. Try to learn a little bit more about the game and just and just dig in that way uh, during the game as opposed to just being mad that uh, that they didn't pay the second round pick for Chase Claypool during a game for some reason. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and I don't have too much going, but uh, Dusty mentioned something earlier before the show started that there was tickets as low as $65 in Detroit for uh, the Packers game coming up. So uh, I'm challenging people uh, who listen to this to tell me why I shouldn't go. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm definitely thinking about it now. I'm like trying to find maybe a cheap hotel for Saturday in Detroit and then go to the game on Sunday and, you know, like, or if, if you've been to Detroit and know some cool places to go to, send me those too. I would, you know, because I'm, it's very much a realistic possibility for me now. So, uh, yeah, that's kind of all I got. But thank you guys for listening as always. We appreciate, you know, your rants, your questions, your every emotion you got. We, we, you know, we're fans as well. So we understand the full gamut that you're running through. And yeah, this season sucks. It's not been great, but. We appreciate you. So thank you guys for listening. Make sure to follow us on Twitter at Packaday Podcast, at Dusty Evely, at Sarah Keller 4, at Steve Perhatch. And uh, we'll catch you guys next week, hopefully ending the Packers four-game losing streak. And, uh, yeah, we'll catch you then. But as always, go Pack Go! Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, 
but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.